<laughs> hey guys, I'm Tristan Smith. I'm Jeff McBride. Hey, I'm Patrick Holbert. Yeah. And it's it's time. Yeah, we're down in Miami, uh, just sitting on the beach, sipping some mojitos, and uh, or or we're in Jeff's we're in Jeff's living room. Yeah. What is the music that you had on? <laughs> yeah. I can't even hear that. <laughs> no, there's just, just, you know, there's just me hanging out in Miami. <laughs> so just to clear it up, Tristan Smith is uh, behind the DJ decks over there uh, playing music that I can't hear because I don't have monitors. Uh, so there might be several inside jokes that I'm not privy to. You're not missing anything, Patrick. You know what I mean? You're not missing a damn thing. It's, it's okay. I'm going to guess there's a lot of U2 being played. You look oh, like a U2 fan. We should, a U2? Yeah. No, not at all. Okay, so let's get started. Um, I think uh, first thing first, we're going to talk a little bit about the comedy scene here in New York City. Yeah. I can't, I'm just waiting for you to fucking play that again. Play what? <laughs> His hand is moving feverishly over the mouse pad right now. <laughs> searching searching his Spotify for the next obnoxious track. What was the first one, really? Nobody's going to tell me. <laughs> All right. Uh <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that was you too. Uh, <laughs> Does this podcast have a name? Oh, no. no. Oh, God. You guys are really we're, starting from scratch here. The, no, we're not. We've we're been the doing podcast, this for months, The actually. podcast has no name. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff McBride is now de- dejectedly sighing into his laptop. I'm going to quit for a while. Let's talk about some real things. Do we have a topic that we want to start with today? Yeah. Let's I, think, uh, I really like comedy. Well, yeah. You're I a comedian. We all, we yeah. all do. Thank God you like it. Mm. Some comedians don't like it anymore. No shit. Jeff is an actual comedian because that is literally all he does with himself. Mm-hmm. Like, like, not that you make money off of it no. more than the rest of I us. I really love when people ask me that, too. Oh, my God. This is, uh, what do you do? And I say, oh, it's this. And then they go, do you make money? <laughs> no. I make negative twenty three thousand dollars a year. Yeah. You should see my spreadsheet. Yeah, like I've worked you, it out to the penny. You probably do have a spreadsheet. Oh, he does. Yeah. He's got many spreadsheets. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm spreadsheet king, Mister uh, Mister Index Card. At has the he open introduced mic. you to yeah. his Evernote organizational system? Yes, yes, of course yeah. he has. Yeah. Uh, what is that called? The bullet, the secret weapon, the secret, secret weapon, weapon. Secret Sounds like a sexual spreadsheet. It could be. It is. Uh, that is another thing you should bring. I think you hey. probably do have a sexual spreadsheet, don't you? Of course. I'll be like, I, I rate the different moves according to the overall response, and then I use a regression curve to determine should I use it again? What kind of woman? Do you was have it? like a? Yeah. Uh, do you have like a box that just has like a color picker in it, and you just choose like what their skin tone is, and then like another one that's just like a drop down for like. Uh, Height and weight. Height yeah. Uh, Racebang.xls. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> the colors of the rainbow. How many are there any missing from the rainbow? Absolutely. Uh, I don't uh, No one from Saipan. Um, 
uh, which is a big hit. Oh, so list you, so you go by country, not just. Yeah, dude. Okay. Nationality is it's already a pre-existing organizational system, as opposed to me just sort of like kind of guessing a little bit. Plus, you might be wrong. They I might have a, other stuff in them that you don't know about. I, I think a better region. name for that spreadsheet would be "Race to the Finish." <laughs> I, you know what i could hire you on as my as my excel spreadsheet naming consultant i'm happy to yeah but that could be like a cancer walk or jeff's sex list race to the finish cancer yeah, pretty good. yeah oh no that's race for the cure race to the finish is not well, no. <laughs> race to the cure is the is the spreadsheet after he does race to the finish because he goes to the doctor and <laughs> it's mostly uh Mostly antibiotics. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think a cancer walk should be raised to the end. <laughs> right. I think bad bad naming. Uh, so w- this podcast is about comedy. Uh, yes. we haven't figured out two, what it's about yet because we all know each other from the comedy scene. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, I I guess um, uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was just I don't know what it's like to be in this level. Mm. Right, to be uh, quote coming up together, to be riding the bench. Do you think people are interested in that? Do you think people like? I think the other, maybe like the the other seven (laughs) hundred, maybe like the other seven hundred and fifty people that are also riding the bench at the moment. Maybe it's interesting to them. Where are you getting seven hundred and fifty from? That's just a rough guess. I would say that's the number of people I'm familiar with. Oh man, I think there's there's thousands upon thousands. No, there definitely are. There's probably ten. Somebody estimated twenty thousand comedians in New York, in New York City, uh, but the people I have so depressing regular actually. interaction with, yeah. I I put somewhere between seven fifty and a thousand. How many do you think in the country? Well, I can count by my Facebook people that. I mean, I would say it's for me. It's like maybe in the two hundred range. Yeah. Um, of people I regularly interact with enough that I would uh, that I've that that we've taken the giant leap into being Facebook friends. Right. Yeah. Regularly. Yeah. Uh, but but people I see around, mm-hmm. like the faces you see yeah, around, going sure. from you open mic to clubs and all that Being stuff. Being in comedy has been the most detrimental thing to Facebook for me, actually, because I've suddenly started building like friends that like I don't really know that well. And then also I get friend requests from people that yeah. I'm like, I don't have no, I've never met you in my life. I have no idea who you are. It's probably because you host at uh, Laughing Buddha. And yeah. like you, so you get a lot of people who are just sort of starting out. They see you and they become a little bit like a tiny, tiny tad bit starstruck because you're hosting. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I remember the first time, yes. like, I, when I first arrived in New York, and I was, oh, that person's a host. Yeah, yeah. You know what is hysterical about the Facebook culture of comedy is, uh, I don't want to out them specifically, but a comedian mutual friend of ours started a fake website, a f- fake Facebook page for a female comedian uh, who was oh. actually from a beer poster. Oh, and, I love the sound uh, of this already. And they are getting dozens of friend requests from other comedians oh, who think she's yeah, a real comedian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's uh, so great. So the, the mindless, uh, unaware practice of just friending anybody that I, like, I vague, like, might vaguely be able to help me is uh, so lame, in my yeah. opinion. But like, that's not help. Yeah, no. Like, like that is, oh my God, there's a, a female comedian who's attractive. Like that's that's a lot of what that is. I, I see it as like 
Well, putting in my networking hours yeah, now. Going to friend no, but, request people I don't know. No but, no, but they didn't put. He didn't select an ugly girl. He pulled one from a beer poster, which yeah. I assume is using her attractiveness to sell beer. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a beautiful person. I don't right. even know who the the person is, but well, that's an interesting aspect too. Is like I think that um, certain people get more credit in the in the uh, comedy community because of like physical attributes or other things like that. That's how I'm skating by. Mm-hmm. I'm skating by on this jawline. Actually, and this that is, good is hair. Bo- this this man did an incredible uh, set last night. I mean, it was probably like I want to say ninety percent improvised, and it was. He had the room dying. Like people like, laughed at the stuff Patrick said. Yeah, <laughs> I know. For once, yeah. and I needed it, man. I had a rough week, and uh, that was a fun. That was a fun set. That, that was so great. He and I just, almost didn't stay. I almost went home before the miracle but, happened. Oh man, that's why you got to stick with it. Which stuff did you do? So it was. It, he didn't I, even do material. He literally talked about another comic set and how cool that guy, that comic was. Yeah, this guy was just like, like inexplicably cool and inherently cool. And I have a bit I do about like the difference between a cool cat and a cool dude. The funny thing is, he wasn't really that cool. He was just some old black guy dressed weird that was like talking. Oh, so he was black. That's he why wasn't you... even, he wasn't even talking into. <laughs> you had like, white guy jealousy of, of black guy coolness. He didn't even know Basically. how to talk into the mic. Like he just left it on the stand. And then he would kind of occasionally lean into it, and then he would like the rest of the time he'd be his head would be over here or some other thing, or he'd like yeah. But but he was just like motherfucker. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he he was just one of those guys that just knows how to carry himself. And I, yeah, I just riffed on his set and had so much so fun. Funny, and the room was the room was live. Where was it? And you know, Where was it? It was Climate Lounge. Okay. Would oh, you just, say Klimat? Klimat is the actual pronunciation. Do you say that as a joke? No, is that's it? actually how you pronounce it. Really? Yeah, it's, it's a Polish a, bar. Like such a horrible name for a bar. Mm. I mean, I love the place. That's pretty. That's pretty American thinking, right there. I just climate Klimat. I don't like it. Climate spelled C L I M A T E. This is spelled K L I M A T. Yeah, but I thought it was like a cool way to spell the word climate. No, it's Polish bar. So it's a Polish. It's a. Pol- I've actually talked to. He's so. Ethnically sensitive. Have you ever noticed that about Tristan? Like, yeah, he, he, yeah. He's although he has, he's, he's hit that Polish thing a couple times now. It's my and race, to and the you haven't re, you haven't responded to it in any way. Well, I and just going to keep mentioning it until you develop some kind of ethnic sensibility. <laughs> I just think if they're going to have a bar in this country, they should speak American. Fuck yeah, that's how I feel about it. Klimat. Uh, Look at how upset he is now. Are you going to play sad music now? He's going to play some Polish national anthem or some shit like that. Guys, we're down in Miami (laughs) Beach right now uh, just having some drinks and uh, just hanging out. You know what I mean? Having a real good time on the beach. Yeah. All right. Um, You had a rough week. You needed this set. I needed the set. uh, The set before that. I, I, I was telling somebody about this. Like, I... I I did two open mics in a row at, at Climate Lounge, and uh, the first one, I uh, it was a great room. Somebody brought like five guests. Another person brought six or seven guests. There were like twelve or so like audience members who all were like cool hip people. And when the show started, I was dying to get on stage. Like to who, make... who was hosting and like setting that awesome energy? In uh, Tristan Smith was oh. hosting. Oh, cool. and set an awesome nice. energy. Nice. And uh, you know, I there... was about to say, "Hey, wait! I thought we weren't going to talk about specific people," but <laughs> then I realized it was just Tristan <laughs> wanting to 
uh, so, self aggrandize for yes. a moment. Uh, the specific people. I mean, we're talking specifically about ourselves. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I got. I, I mean, get it. Tristan get needs it. love. He needs. We realized who we were talking. We've already about. defined that you're you're champ at that. So Tristan got a gold star last night, and uh-huh. it was just great. <laughs> so good. Sorry, uh, I missed that. So it's the one I missed. I was in the one after you, right? Yeah. Y- yeah. yeah. You know what? Do you have Do you have your set? Because we could play part of your set. Did you record it? I don't know. I watched it this morning and I don't, I feel like it won't make sense to people that weren't there. Mm. You know, like, I don't know. Like it it takes a lot of setting up. The crazy amount of laughter that was happening. Well, I do, I do have it. We can play it, but here's what I'll say first about the first open mic. Cause I want to, I want to talk about this for a second. I, uh, so I wanted so badly to get on stage and like do well for those, that group of people. I wanted to make those specific people laugh. Uh, by the luck of the draw, I went probably 17th out of 20 people, um, and the energy was gone. It was evaporated out of the room. Most of those people were gone. They went Which home. Which is very common with open mics, unfortunately, yeah. even the best ones. Yeah. 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 Open mics are hard. But I like once I knew that that's where I was going to be performing, I, my attitude soured, and I turned into a person I don't like. Which is really funny because you still had a good set. Uh, you weren't in my head though. I think I think the set was no, okay. I know it wasn't, but I was watching your set. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you yeah, did a good set. Well, thank you. I, I hate to. I don't like saying this, but Tristan has a point. All right. Well, that's that's the hardest thing that Jeff's ever said. Yeah, I I heard it. I heard a little. <laughs> I just I just hate I I just hate how ugly I become in my head when I when I feel I deserve better or mm-hmm. something. And it's like, who the fuck am I to think that I deserved to go third or fourth in the show when, like, I'm just another bum on the bus and we all get picked when we get picked. And, like, it's actually being a better comedian to be okay with whenever you get pulled and know how to show up to the plate with whatever appropriate attitude and delivery you need to bring at that moment. But instead, I feel like I'm entitled to a hot room at a sweet spot of a time. So basically... Um, if you feel guilty about your sense of entitlement, then you feel better about your sense of entitlement because you've applied the proper amount of guilt so that you can look good. Well, that's a whole separate issue. <laughs> that's a separate issue. I yeah yeah I definitely I'm. You're, you're calling me yeah. out on being full of shit, which is true. But I'm just telling you, I'm trying to express what the emotional roller coaster yeah, of all this can feel like. The the um. No, I, I understand, um, like, uh, the application of guilt over the shitty thing that you think to try. Oh, my God. <laughs> you need to diagram the layers of how of how you're going to call me out. You get what I'm saying, though. Are you being you're being funny now? I don't even know anymore. You're being funny. <laughs> So, I basically, I almost went home after that, Mike, so I was like, I need to get the fuck out of Climate Lounge, because I hate everybody. Right. You're playing music. No. You're playing music. No, that's no hands And I can't even hear that there's music. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. What are you playing? Is it is it like sad violin music? What is it, Jeff? Uh, I... It teaches you, right? No. No, I don't <laughs> That's very funny you're doing that. It's Everybody Hurts by R.E.M. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was close. <laughs> that is very funny. 
That's funny. You got me. Oh. I'll stop being sincere and, <laughs> no. and serious and speaking in uh, earnest on this podcast. No, no, no. I, I'm enjoying it. But, you know, it's also fun to just. I think part of what's fun about making com- about doing comedy is that we all have these like things that we're really struggling with. And they're very real and very personal and very sensitive. And then we just fuck with each other about it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. It makes it a little better for me. I like it. Yeah, I think there's certainly been times where you've said something to me and I've wanted to just like give you a titty twister. Yeah. But Jeff that, has no problem doing that. <laughs> well, I do. Well, I tickle your armpits every now and again. That's true. I'm more like I go into like kid brother behavior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do I have no problem doing? Um, just, just, just pummeling me when I'm really feeling bad. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it feels so good. Yeah, I'm me. just like, man, Jeff. Let me to be real about something that's going on right now that I'm bummed. And you're like, oh, are you sad? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Tough love. Uh, yeah. yeah so, I, what about the the overall like being in the open mic circuit and wishing that we weren't? Because there's like there's like a threshold that I would say all three of us are on, which is totally we're open micers. But at the same time, we can tell the difference between us and people who are just starting in the open mics. There's you know, though, difference. I've been struggling with that a little bit, though, because and I actually have a joke that I kind of do a little bit about this. That Patrick's heard where I'm just talking about like so I've been I've been in this for two years, which is not a super long time, but it's it's definitely longer than. You know, a lot of these people that are just starting out and burn out within the first year or whatever, because um, there's a lot of drop off just even in the first year. Um, I burn out every month. Yeah. But I mean, you come back and that's oh, the difference. Permanent right? burnout. That's the difference. And so, like, there's some people that I've seen that, like, they started, like, after I was already hosting. So that means I'd been already doing it for a year. Mm-hmm. And um, and and they so bad, like, just terribly, ter- like, so much worse than where I started from. And now I watch them and I'm like, that guy is killing it. And it's been like six months and he went from like nothing to like really like in touch with something and just, and just to make that amount of progress so fast. I mean, I'm jealous of it. I hate that. I hate that. I hate, I hate that. That's a fact, but if I'm being honest. Like I'm a little jealous of how quickly they kind of found their, uh, their speed. You know what I mean? It, I think that that, happens no matter what you do you're going to see people operate on different speeds and the moment that you begin to if you let if i let myself look at other people engage my progress based on theirs it is the most depressing upsetting thing or even worse it's very like smug because i might be a little further than them and then it's even worse because it's like well, what does this get me like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm comparing myself, and I feel better than that. But it's like, I, that's even uh, that's even uglier, yeah. right? So like, I tried not to do that, but it's really hard not to. There's a uh, there's a a support group I gotta go to that they talk about this. Uh, they call it compare and despair. Mm. Uh, so once you start comparing your progress to other people's or your circumstances to other people's, positive or negative, it can become a very despairing feeling. And which is, but it's nearly impossible, I think, to not, yeah, come, you know, come across yeah. that sometimes. Uh, I find if I sincerely try to like uh, celebrate the victories of other people, yeah, like and and really believe it, uh, sometimes that feels good. Yeah. Other times it's like, fuck that guy. I but know I I've met that guy. Be, and- <laughs> I don't want to be at an open mic and someone is 
being really funny, but I'm not laughing because I'm jealous. Like, yeah. I don't want to do that. And I can, and I've done it, but I hate that. Like, to sit there and be like, wait, I'm around comedians and I'm laughing. All right, and, and there's comedy being done that's actually good and I can't enjoy it anymore because it's I'm making their success about my failure. Yeah. Like, oh, I feel like that's more extreme for your case because you have like put aside you have dedicated everything to doing this. You like like <clears throat> when I go out and see somebody, even if I'm like, fuck, there's so much further ahead than 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 they were before. And I wish I was kind of making a level of progress. I'm still like, but that's funny. And I'm going to laugh at that. Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say in general, um, I don't know if this is just a phenomenon in, in general or to me, but like the more I do this the more difficult it is to find things that do tickle me in such a way as I will laugh out loud. Like at the very least I will see it and acknowledge that it's funny. Well, it's um, harder it to be surprised. Yes, that's, that's definitely because you recognize the forums, you recognize the, uh, the, you know, more and more things become hacked to you more yeah. and more, um, concepts and premises become like, have you guys, uh, read the hack handbook? Yeah, Kindler thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know oh, how to you read. Really should. You really. Oh, yeah, Tristan, you yeah. really need to. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like really bad. Yeah. No, that's it's so old. Is it what eighty four or something? It's so it still work. It's still yeah. It's so it hack is timeless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but the re- the reason I mention it is just that like, um, now whenever I hear people be saying things like you know men are like this and women are like i'm just like Ugh. yeah or i'm i'm 20 percent irish yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I'm, and you know what that means i'm yeah. half irish and i'm half jewish so ah, i like i'm a leprechaun with gold don't give it to anybody or whatever the <laughs> fuck it is it's a great joke <laughs> fuck off <laughs> but you know what though there are people that do hack well and i like i think hack is uh it's it's like a buffet where everybody can find something to like in it Yeah, hack is the golden corral uh, yeah. i know some comics that will literally just bathe in, in hack and just you know like they they know they know exactly what is hack and they will just go into it but in a way that's delightful that's like yeah that is so funny because you know that that's bullshit, but you're just going for it 100%. I could see that. Um, There's actually one comic I was talking to last night, and he does this whole bit where he just does these kind of like, I wouldn't say it's hack, but he does like these really tongue-in-cheek jokes. And, um, and I fucking love them. I could just listen to him for like 10, 15, 30 minutes. Give an example. Um, he has a whole bit about – I don't want to be too specific of a person, but he has a whole bit about um, how he hates labels and names and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, you know I'm what I'm talking about? about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. Just oh, but like, he's like – I love it. Yeah, I love it. You know what? A, he's been talking about like, oh, but I'm not like doing the things that these other people are doing. He's playing – no, no. And I'm he's like, playing into a character though. He is becoming a certain – kind of person you get aren't we all though aren't we we're all characters no seriously we're on stage yeah but (laughs) he's he's he has a very specific set of like maybe two or three characteristics he's kind of adult like he comes off like that and he's and so anything he does that plays into being a doofus or adult works Mm. off of that kind of character that he's it's almost character based i'm lost because i'm trying to figure out who you're talking about and it sounds like you're singing the praises of this person. I am. I, I, I like so, it too. So who is it? I like it. Should I just say their name? Yeah, George yeah. Fernandez. I love George. Right. I love George too. I I, yeah. I asked George to be on my Odd Ducks show. Yeah. Uh, which is a show curated for weird stand-ups and personas. He's doing this piece 
where he performs as a leper comedian. I've seen it. It's hysterical. I know. And he, that character he's doing is actually, I think, just an amplified version of himself. That's exactly it. And it's it. so endearing yeah. and so funny. Very much and so. And the but jokes are hack, but they're delivered in a persona. This is yes. yeah. He's aware of the hack. He's not doing it because he's he knows that hack, quote-unquote, will get laughs. Yeah. It's based off of a place inside himself. He's still expressing himself yeah. when he's doing that. But he that. knows That's that these the are ho- like hokey. He's doing them. I know them. that. But he also the- is doing surrealism because yes. that vignette he did last night about Meryl Streep was fucking hysterical. One of the uh, no, funniest things I've really ever heard. Funny. And I, when he started telling it, I'm like, oh, I didn't know he was an extra in some movie with Meryl Streep. But then he goes yeah, into this fantastical yeah. occurrence that, like, where he like, just comes up with this totally fictitious <laughs> plot. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And I want to say, yeah. say what the punchlines are, but no, people should just check out George Fernandez. So, um, but, but, but I just I want to go back to why that works because that that's different from Hack. He's yeah. doing a, a, a meta. It's performance thing. art. Yeah, he's, he's doing a all of this is performance yeah, art. Yeah. But the the the. He's doing a meta thing there. He's like he is but aware but and he's communicating his awareness. Yeah, yeah, but then it's not hack anymore. Like the moment that you take it and you're making fun of hack or you're making fun, then it then it becomes something else. It's so when, if we're just talking about like how people do Tinder jokes all the time and the jokes kind of about that and not actually about no right. that because hack does become hack can, actually. You, eventually, but, but with George, you know what makes him not hack or the like the way he approaches those topics? It's an expression of himself. Yeah, there's not another person on the planet that can do it the way George can. Exactly. But yet, but yet, I hear him doubting. Like or or feeling that he needs to do it more like like you or I would do it, and I'm like, no way, man. Yeah, that well, that's because um, he's a self conscious stand up. But we're all aren't yeah. we all? I think we all are. <laughs> yeah, to some extent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No. We should we should listen to some comedy. We we have our own comedy bits mm-hmm. at the very least. We could talk about that. Okay, we could listen to Patrick's set from last night, even if there's no context for it. It's still very funny. Well, th- when I showed my girlfriend this morning, I said the only thing you have to know is that this guy was like a really cool like. He came off as like a 70s era pimp type personality. Uh, He talked about a dog on stage and he acted out a dog thing. And the dog was like, what's up, motherfucker? Well, the dog's name was motherfucker. And then he also talked about sex dynamics between men and women. Yeah. And then I riffed on those topics. Very, very base kind of crass uh, jokes, but just done in a way that you're like, ah, but I like this guy. It's okay. He was so likable. Yeah. Very likable. Yeah. They're crass. Whip, whip, whip out the phone, man. Yeah, so how do we want to technically do this? We'll do you guys want to fill in. time we'll while I in. go over to my bag? Sure. I don't know how much editing We're probably going to have to edit a decent amount on these. I don't know. I don't I don't believe in editing. I like just kind of keeping it uh just keeping it. Yeah, you're raw. just That's another way of saying I am committed 100% to remaining lazy. That's Well, that too. I mean, that's that's clearly No, I know. I don't believe in editing. Not when I'm down here at Miami Beach. Just kind of hanging out, drinking mojitos. Uh, we don't need to edit here. You know what I mean? Just having a good old time. Uh, Patrick is uh, has like some self-made capri pants right now. All right, so all right, here we go. Right. Hopefully it's not crazy loud. We'll see. All right. The red. All right. All right. The black. Patrick can't hear this, Thanks but so we much, can. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Uh, 
I'd like to hear one more time for GK Fab. Yeah. Uh, so GK Fab is the guy that uh, that went up earlier. He's taking a bow. That is that is a cool dude. Like. <laughs> I'll never be that cool. <laughs> like GK is not just cool. He's a he's. Tell me if I'm wrong, somebody. That's the definition of a cool cat. Am I right? Yeah. That's a cool cat in the corner of the room. Okay, the cool cat I'll part. This was actual cool material cat. that you wove in, right? The, the best I can hope for is to be a pretty cool dude. <laughs> and nobody likes a cool dude. A cool a dude is like definitely Patrick character. Like, did you see when GK was like, now, ladies. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Why is it that you think you would control the sex? Like, I can't get away with asking that question as a cool dude. I got a girlfriend. She doesn't give me sex sometimes, GK. I'm like, honey, come on! <laughs> you said today we were going to do it, but now you're tired? <laughs> GK's like, now why is it? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and then like when he was being the dog, like he was acting out the animals, I was like, that's still a cool dog. <laughs> if I was acting out that dog, I'd be that fucking annoying fucking Boston Terrier that's like, throw the ball, bro, let's play. <laughs> But get out of the house. Somebody kick me if I was a dog. <laughs> uh, and you were wonderful. You were gorgeous, first of all. Let's hear it for this beautiful specimen. Over here. Oh, this was like a girl that was sitting in the audience. Very pretty, but just like she's heckling like everybody. Killing oh, yeah. it yeah. in the backup department for all the cops. In the backup. Or killing it in the backup Somebody department. Funny. She's so like, that's true. Diplomatic. <laughs> But she's also very honest. If she doesn't get it, she's like... Well, we should oh, talk about what is heckling yeah, after this. Yeah. This is great. This is great. I needed this so bad. I, I had a rough week on stage, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm celebrating uh, seven years sober on the 23rd. Yeah. And uh, I think we all know that this fucking game we're playing in right now is brutal, right? Isn't it, like, brutal? And uh, I haven't wanted a relapse more in my life, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I was on this show the other night, and they were like, we want you to headline. And I was like, oh, what an honor. And then two and a half hours into the show, we weren't halfway through. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, was I it really two and a half hours? Like, literally? <laughs> the show started late. Beer was my and, drug of yeah, choice. Beer and attention. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my drugs. Oh, now I'm depressing you. You're too sympathetic. I want, I want the edge. I want, I want, uh, I want you to be mean to me. I'd like to be beat up by a lady. No, I don't want that either. I want like, I want like, uh, you're cute, but you're a piece of shit, and then step on my balls. <laughs> that's like exactly a real what I want desire. A girl. You want a woman, to... and that's how I would ask for. It, yeah, would be like, uh, you got a little bit of sub in you. <laughs> well, one hundred percent. Yeah. Tell me I look handsome in this belt with my initials on it. <laughs> And they just stamp down on my balls. <laughs> like, GK Fab is so such a cool cat that he was born like Gerald Kennedy or some shit. <laughs> what is it? What is your real name? Uh, Kent. Gordon Kent. Like, a really lame name. Like, he was like, you know what? I'm cooler than this name. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like in first grade. They're calling attention. like, Gordon Kent. He's like, nah. <laughs> it's GK Fab. <laughs> and I came here to learn how to read. <laughs> and to teach you ladies how to give up that pussy. <laughs> Awesome, Patrick Holbert, right there. All right, so uh, I think that that worked because a couple things. One, there's an understanding that what he's doing is an affectation. Like he, you know, didn't come out of the womb talking like that. GK, yeah, yeah. He, He adopted this over time. And it's a very specific affectation. And so, like, uh, but you indicating that somehow he was talking like this from the from day one, <laughs> when he clearly there's no way that's yeah. the case. Yeah. <laughs> GK Fab. I'm GK Fab. <laughs> GK Fab. Uh, um. Yeah, and also, you know, it was there was a there was definitely a, a cultural like vibe in the room. Like there was those two women, Janique and Maria, and those two guys, uh, Adolfo and John, and mm-hmm. like Puerto Rican, mainly Puerto Rican and black. And the girl who was heckling, and I say heckling in air quotes, she was a black girl. Like, so I think I think I as some of my earliest open mics in college there was a black sorority on campus that would have these open mics and I would perform and I would quote rap, like gangster rap lyrics, which is so hack. Like p- people do that now and it's very hack, but I would get huge laughs because I think people just like seeing people toy with race and yeah. have fun with cultural differences. And I think to just go, go at GK in a fun, innocent way yeah, was see, like enjoyable for you everyone. Attacked his image by telling everybody how great it is. Yeah. And and uh, I think that is a genius angle to it. Like it's not you weren't like there was there was nothing in you that was saying this is stupid, but rather you were um celebrating yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, you were celebrating it. Yet at the same time there was it was like sort of hit, like like tongue firmly in cheek. Uh we're going to celebrate but even but even so, then you're also talking about your own character in an right. exaggerated fashion, right? And kind of putting it even evening the playing field. Well, like even, his yeah. his belt buckle was ridiculous. Like <laughs> it's something you could really make fun of in a rotten way. Like you could make mm-hmm. fun of this guy for thinking, like, oh, you think you're fancy because you wear your initials on a belt buckle. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, no, you're like you're like living your dreams. Like, and you everyone should do that. Everyone should be silly in how they have a belt uh, buckle with their initials on it. Yeah. Was were the initials his actual given name, or were they his new lead? Uh, uh, like, um, I, well, GK is correct. I think it's the Fab part. Yeah, is, was it GKF fabricated? No, it's just it, it, honestly, I think it was a Chanel. Like you know, Chanel has the two C's, or is it Coach? It was probably Coach, but I think it appears. It, it looked it looked like letters. Uh, so I don't think it was actually it GK. A it was some kind of fashion. It was fancy. Piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was like the centerpiece of his outfit, mm-hmm. which wasn't that fancy in general, but like the belt buckle was very prominent. And like, and like creating this like uh, contrast. Uh, I mean, the the only the only part of that that's like, um, I mean, it's very it's very popular right now um, to uh, hate white men, 
like and and so there was an element but you kind of got away out of out of it because you were it was more like your personal desire to be a cool dude yeah. as opposed to just how how pathetic and dorky are white guys like yeah. wasn't that yeah. but, but you did you you kind of played your your um so what I would call your 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 drunk Patrick character, yeah, you know, which is just kind of like more. Oh come on, man! Like that's yeah. like that's your character that you do like when you were drunk. Yeah, like obnoxious, too loud, like unaware, right? Uh, kind of a brute. Uh, yeah. Is it interesting, by the way, how um, you can be in that room and you know you feel the audience and you know how hard it's hitting. Because you, they're with you. You can see their faces. You can see them waiting on, ba- uh, waited with bated, bated breath on everything you say. And then you listen to that recording, and it just sounds so flat. This like is the, this. That's the funny thing. So, so he was bringing down the house, right? And you could hear that people were right. laughing, but it doesn't. Right. It doesn't, doesn't even approach on the recording. To, yeah, to like well, how much people were. That laughing. happened to me last night too. Like I actually had the best set I've had in weeks um, last night. And um, I got out of my head and I was in the material. I was exploring the concepts on stage, playing with them on the fly. The pe- people were going with me on it because I wasn't reciting anything. I yeah. wasn't sitting there. Um, I was feeling that material and loving exploring it with the audience at the same time. And I would like build the tension of like, I'm going down a difficult place right now. And then boom, here comes a little bit of silly. And then they, they release the tension. They laugh. I listen to the recording. It sounds so pathetic and crappy. But yeah. I know that that room, because I, they came up and talked to me afterward. That makes it. me doubt, though, sometimes. It, like when I, sometimes when I go back and listen to it, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just completely oblivious. I know. I, know. To, I think that I'm doing well. But in actuality. No, but then you get people, you know, the other comedians want to talk to you after a good set. They do. I do it too. If somebody has a really good set, I want to talk to them about it a little. And then bit. if, if you them. don't, then they just like avoid eye contact. <laughs> oh like, yeah, you, you, it's the shunning. Yeah. yeah. The, oh. I, I mean, I mean that is though uh, specific to um, uh, white rooms as opposed to black rooms because, like with black rooms, they will tell you right then, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you, like you'll know. And then, and afterwards, if you, they'll 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 keep making fun of you, you're still alive. You're still in the room. They'll, they'll, I, like I had that experience, um, uh, where, uh, I, I had done a couple of black rooms and I did really well cause I did all of my, I used to be married to black woman material. And so I was like, ah, I'm kind of one of you. I'm not, but I kind of am. And they were like, fine with that. They loved it. And then I was like, oh, I can just do my other stuff now. It'll be fine. It totally was not fine. <laughs> and they play, started playing music in the middle of my set. Oh, and then oh. the next Four comedians cracked on me. That's basically all they did yeah. was just make fun of me until I was like, I got to go. I think I've taken as much as I can handle. I think I've, t- I've, <laughs> I, I, and then as I was leaving, that they, is intense. They, as I was leaving this, uh, there is three, uh, black guys outside who were like, they go, they, 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 he's like, man, what the fuck were you doing? And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I was like, yo, that's club comedy, man. You got to let them know you, that you understand them. What the fuck you doing? You go over there and talk about fucking politics and shit like that. It wasn't even politics. <laughs> I was talking about like, uh, why is prostitution illegal? Literally, but that was politics to him. And, uh, and <laughs> so, and, and he's like, man, this is like, some of these people on their last, their last dollar, they're splitting a slice of pizza. They don't want to hear about your fucking politics. And I was like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> that's like, such yeah. a great way to deliver that advice though. Yeah. Like that's, 
that's valuable. It what was he the said best. It was so good. I, I learned so much from that experience. But by the end, but I had taken so much crap afterwards. But that's the difference is that like they don't shun you. You're still alive. You're still there. And if you can take it, there was almost like a bit of respect because I stayed with it. I stayed with it. And I just sat there and hung my head publicly and just like took so what the are the shit. guys that were making fun of you like what kind of stuff would they be I saying i don't remember it was like it was their whole set i, I love don't, but I, I don't recall all i remember is the conversation afterwards where i'm so beaten and i walk out and then he they tell me what i did wrong i i really love those those uh <laughs> when somebody makes fun of me specifically it's usually can be a really good premise yeah like you could say oh, i did one show where this one guy said i look like a like alzo slade recently called me uh he said i look like uh he was like, you look very handsome from the front, but you turn to the side and you look like a marsupial because of my belly. Uh, <laughs> and I've been just repeating that information on stage and it gets a big laugh. Because oh, that's an interesting. It's I a funny thing that. to say. Uh, yeah. Real quick, yeah. I just want to say this recorder was in my breast pocket during yep. that set. That's another element. Do you think the yeah. laughs would have been because I have the phone. Rec- eh, who cares? It's hard, it's hard to say, man. Well, yeah, I, well I, I do a lot of sets at Karma Lounge. And for yeah. whatever reason, there's Mike. Um, I love I'll, I'll mention this guy. Jake Vivera is. Oh, he's amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's a rising star. That guy's going to be amazing. Yeah. He's he already hilarious. is kind of his his riffs in between people's sets are better than yeah. people's material they've been working for months on. Yeah, he's so yeah. good. So he um, so anyway, I love doing that mic because you can go really dark. You can do all your all your pedophilia rape murder <laughs> material. Yeah, like and they're everybody's fine with it, and it's 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 a very dark room in that way. Yeah, but and 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 um, I'll, so I'll get to play. I feel freer to play with a lot of different concepts that I wouldn't ordinarily, and um. But every time I think I they, they I'll, I'll every time I do well I'll get the comedians coming up patting you on the back telling you what a great set always good stuff I go home I listen to it, it sounds like no one's laughing yeah yeah because of that I think because of the place well of the, the shape the shape of Karma Lounge is too it's too uh, conducive to hanging out in the back of the room and chatting in the stairs and it's the while seats people are, are bizarre up, while people yeah. are on stage but okay I want to go back to that idea that like. Uh, that you can feel what's going on in the room. Mm-hmm. Now, Louis C.K. says never to trust that. That you have no idea. You think you you think you understand. Well, what's that's happening. exactly what I'm talking about, right? Like you think, like, oh man, I because I've all right. So I've literally had a set at the stand, and I'm like, that was a great set. That went really well. And then I talk to the MC afterwards, and they're like, eh, mm. it was it was it was it was it wasn't that great. And I'm but like, you're talking also about the industry shows where the room is so hot because people are there to see the people they love, and it's like groups of eight or nine people right. that and know I've each other. I've definitely done those shows, like where it, actually I got to be honest, like last week was probably the worst set I've ever had there. Mm-hmm. It was silent. It was mm-hmm. like people were just not. This has happened maybe two or three times ever, uh, where I will do a set. And I will do tried and true jokes that I know can connect with at least some people and was like having minimal to no effect. It was, you know what I mean? It's like, it, I don't know how to, dis- I don't know how you, how do you describe that? Like where you have something and you know, you throw it into the pool, you're going to get some kind of ripples, but it's, it's like, it's bad. It's covered with a sheet of plastic and it's just. So, so that happened to me this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I had stuff that I've, it's tried and tested. Um, 
it's to the point where I, I can almost deliver the words and it works. And you're without, not delivering it like you're not fucking up what you're saying or the order of anything. Dude, they just or, stared at me. Yeah. And, and I do I, – I, my theory is that that has to do with my relationship to it. So I think it's because at that point, I'm, it's recitation. Mm-hmm. It's not a conversation. At that point, I'm not thinking about the concepts that I'm working through. I am thinking about the words. I'm thinking about when do I say this and how do I – and I'm, I'm not communicating with them. I am just simply performing a thing at them. Yeah. And, um, and stand-up is, is, is a conversation where you're the only one kind of talking. But they're talking too. Their laughs are communication. So I think it's when my relationship to my material is broken. Well, and I, I've yeah. heard a lot of people describe like – uh, comedy as like playing an instrument. The audience is the instrument, and you're learning how to play the audience. You know, like not play them in the sense of like fooled you, but play them in the sense of like I know how to make you laugh. I know how to make you, you know, go ooh. I know how you know. I know how to like get those different mm. sounds out of you. Mm. Um, but I, I've also heard it described the other way of like you're learning to play your instrument, which is you, um, and that every every person has an has a different instrument that's utterly unique, and no one can teach you how to play it. So, yeah, I don't know about that because I think if it was just you, then it would be well, maybe it's situation. not either or it's there that every time you get in front of an audience, you have the instrument that you know, which is you. And then you have the instrument, that the audience, which is how does this audience function? Or or Each, it's a two part instrument like you are the bow and the audience is the cello. Oh, there you go. That's it. Yeah. How about that? That's the one. And the thing is, is that your internal state is always cha- changing. So the shape of that bow changes. Yeah. And the audience is made up of different individuals who then come together to create a beast that's different every time. But the thing totally. is, part of being a great comedian is that it doesn't matter what the consistency of the room is. Well, you it doesn't matter it what the cello is. You're going to play you're going to play it well every single time. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, because and, I've been I've been in a room where I fucking one of the times one of the three times I'm talking about like the comic that came immediately after me who was a pro comic just mm-hmm. fucking tore it up. Yeah. Like so it wasn't the audience, it was definitely me. Yeah. But of course. You, you know, know it's what? always I mean it, that's that's another useful maybe not accurate but useful way to look at it is it's always you i think a lot of younger comics so they'll blame it on the audience well you you know what you know what professionals are so good at doing is in the quickest amount of time uh acknowledging whatever the reality in the room is and clearing up any distraction or any like uh, anything that the audience is thinking about that Mm -hmm. is taking them out of the moment they deal with that with a pertinent joke or or a good riff or something that makes that instantly makes the audience pay attention to them and maybe maybe when you got up that something was happening that was taking the audience out of the room uh emotionally and you didn't you didn't i'll tell you what it. i'll tell you what it was I, was I was following a particular comic who's a professional comic and um i followed him on a number of occasions but and 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 sometimes it's no problem but sometimes like literally they are in whatever mode he put them in, and I cannot yeah. connect with them in the normal way. Like they or don't the, warm. So, did you, well, let me ask you this: Did you get on stage intimidated or fearful that you wouldn't be able to do whatever he just did? No, actually, no. That's a, that's the thing that 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 boggles my mind. Is I didn't feel intimidated. I didn't feel like I was particularly disconnected from my material. I didn't feel that I was delivering anything incorrectly. If anything, I felt pretty on, on top of it, but. But there was something about my presentation that was just not working for that audience. Sounds like you should probably quit. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably it's probably what you should do. 
Sorry. You should. Uh, have you thought about becoming like a morning radio DJ <laughs> somewhere warm? Um, like like where? I don't know. Somewhere that might have like you know. Give it up right now for uh, <laughs> WMIA Miami. Yeah, today we're gonna play your top forty hits, and uh, uh, <laughs> I've given up on my life. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, I would love that. A morning radio host that at the last second of every announcement just adds in some really sad fact about themselves. Uh, I'm just going to kill myself tonight. Um, my wife is making meatloaf again, and I've just had it. Um, no it's clue. been really great. Uh, Traffic at nine. No clue who's going to feed the cats. <laughs> <laughs> many, many cats. <laughs> So, okay, uh, I, I was listening to a podcast, uh, uh, Comedians, Comedians Podcast. So this is a pod, a podcast where I'm talking about another podcast that's about com- comedians. Yeah. Com- 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 and they like mentioned, so fucking and they mentioned this yeah. podcast. So Patton Oswalt was talking about um, sort of the turning point in his comedy career. He was like four or five years. Oh, my God, I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah okay. It's not good. Keep going. Yeah. Now you're not going to be able to, to stand it. You're going to have to start playing that. Am I going to be able to get? I'm not going to be able to get this out. Am I? What did no, Pat? No, what did Patton talk about? Yeah, what did Patton talk about? Uh, look at look at me when you talk. <laughs> so he said that there are three kinds of comedians that he could tell that, that there's the there are ugh, there are three kinds of comedians: the insane lunatic. The gonna make it kind and the funny but who gives a fuck. Uh, and um, he was in this the funny but who gives a fuck category. And they, and the other guy asked him how did he get out of it. Can you well can you describe that first? Yeah. So the insane lunatic we all know yeah. clearly like they get on stage and everybody's like what the fuck is going on right I now? I think Jake like, Vevra is that. You uh, in no. terms of energy level and no, like no no that's not what I mean. How about no, John, okay. how about no, no. John, Mr. Johnny Montana? I, yes. Okay, well, Johnny Montana. I don't want to. Let's not. No, he would. That would be an honor. For no, yeah, Johnny. He, we oh, love Johnny. We love Johnny. Yeah, he's so, like one of our favorites. Uh, we both host a Thursday night, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Mike at the Stand, and he's one of our favorites. Yeah. yeah, but but there's like legit insane lunatic. Like you're just. I wouldn't put Jake in that category. He's like gonna make it. Oh yeah, person. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. and then you have the people who are funny but don't give a fuck. Meaning like the moment they get off stage, there's no reason you would remember anything that they did aside from the fact that maybe they made you laugh. Yeah. Like, right? And so... Like, they don't have that X factor. What what they said the X factor was, was intrigue. Yeah. Uh, meaning, you're like, I want to know more about this more, person. Yeah. I yeah. want to know more about what they think. Um, there's They're risking something here. Uh, they don't... They're not sure this is going to work, maybe. They, this is... Um, they're pushing something for them, either personally or with the audience or whatever. Um, so, uh, and, the, and the other ones, the funny but who gives a fuck, they, um, it's can't miss concepts, jokes that work, but they don't make anybody piss themselves ever. It's always like a certain level. They're, math, they're, math jokes. Yeah. You're not going to get like where 80% uh, of the audience is pissing themselves laughing and 20% are going, that's not funny. Like you're not going to get that sort of like contrast within the audience. Let me throw this out about funny but who gives a fuck. Uh, there have been... Two or three, like, 20-year-old kids I've seen at Mike's in just this last week who I've been so envious of their writing and their material. Mm-hmm. To the po- And I'm ashamed to admit this, but to the point where I went home and, like, tried to Google some of their jokes to see if those were not their jokes. Uh, really? Like, I'm ashamed to say that. 
But I remember hearing it thinking, that is too good. This kid can't have written <laughs> that. Uh, and this is probably me. This is probably a funky envy thing, but I just don't. I, I like part of me is like, yes, they're very funny in a math sense of how to write a joke and how to write a good bit. But like, do I care about them? And does mm. anyone else care about that? Like, is there anything? Yeah, that that's actually something that I struggle with a lot because I will see these guys that really uh, they produce. Like they they go to a, a show and they. Uh, they make it work, man. The audience is with them. They're laughing. People are coming up to them afterwards. You were great. But I'm like watching their set and I'm like, I don't get I don't get it. I like, don't get why this is working. Like this is this is amusing. It's it's you know, it's amusing, I guess, but it's not uh it's not clever. It's not um it's not a, Or it know. just it just sounds like sometimes it's like if I said that bit in that way, I would get the same laughs if like a fat Black ah. guy said that joke in the same way. He would get the same laughs in the same places. So, he, so this like, this is perfect. So this is exactly what Patton was talking about. So he was saying that he had um, he had a couple he had a joke that he did that was like that. Anybody could say it. Mm-hmm. And one of his he was doing about to do a special, and the director of the special was like, "Why are you doing this joke? This is this has nothing to do with you." Mm. It's a clever turn of phrase, and that's all it is. Mm. This has nothing to do with you. And um, he said that um, how he got out of being funny but who gives a fuck was that um, he embraced the moment of epiphany when he realized that what he's doing is forgettable or beneath him, and that um, he saw a group of comedians at a show he was thought he was going to blow him out of the water and um, they were all risk takers and they put him in his place and it caused him to reinvent himself artistically. Mm. Um, and he didn't dig in his heels. He didn't just ignore it. And instead threw everything he'd done out and was like, I have to do something that reflects me more. Um, and the last thing he said was that um, he, 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 the other thing that changed for him is he said, I don't want to write things that are guaranteed to make the audience laugh. I stopped thinking about what the audience is thinking when I'm writing. Well, that's a nice luxury to have. I know when, when you're, you know, you, when you're scrambling to get laughs at this stage. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm scrambling for whatever the next thing is in this career, like to go to, to hopefully graduate from open mics. I know, I know that it's, they're probably a permanent necessity. You're both further along in that than I am. Yeah. Like, but what I want to say real quick is, uh, is just that like, of course, we're all doing this to like speak our voice. And, but unfortunately, the way this thing works, it's like, you got to be getting consistent laughs first. Right. That's get... that's step one. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't he didn't have this moment this moment until he was four years in yeah. doing the road. Yeah, exactly. Like I I just think that it's interesting. So we're like at this stage now where we see we see standups and they have these have we see other comics who have moments of those those flashes of holy shit who is this person this is so intriguing. Um, and then we have lots and lots and lots of the rest of it, which is, which is, is this funny? I hope this is funny. Well, Can I make you laugh with this? And then this is the thing is like in two years in, I feel like I've been saying this. I feel like the Benjamin Button of comedy right now <laughs> where like when I got started, I felt like I had a natural affinity for it. I was like I was able to make people laugh. I was I felt like I was being more 
um, close to like who I am, comedy about myself or like, or mm-hmm. whatever. And now two years later, I feel like I'm like, I've regressed, you know, where like, like I, I just don't feel nearly as funny naturally. I feel like my jokes are not nearly as personal. Um, and uh, I don't know. I don't know why that that's happened. You know how they talk about climate change with uh, the difference between short short term trend changes, climate or climate change, <laughs> climate change, and then there's like long term trends. So like the hills and valleys, like maybe you're in a short little downturn, but the gr- the overall mm-hmm. trend. Well, I can't tell if it's like sometimes when you get better at something, then you have a, a greater self awareness. And then you and then you realize like, oh, I, I'm actually really not good at this. Like I thought I was really good, um, but I, I, I'm actually I, I've still got so, so far to go. And and yeah, like your taste level is more in tune or something. Right. Or like like maybe initially you're like, oh, I got three laughs during my set. Like that was a killer. See, That's a big thing is that now I'm not satisfied I used to be really happy if I got some laughs in a set. Yeah. But if I don't get the kind of laugh that I want now that I think I can get with something, like then I'm like, uh, that's not worth anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Yeah. Is- I remember some of my first open mics where a comic would get a laugh and they'd be like, oh, fuck you. That's not funny. Or like, uh, like or I thought that deserved more or that didn't deserve that or whatever, like assessing the audience reaction constantly. And I remember resenting that so much, just mm. thinking like, dude, you just got us to laugh or like we just gave you a laugh or whatever the dynamic of the laugh was. I just remember thinking I would kill for any of that. Patrick, you, you know, know what I love about talking to you with this stuff is that you are like you are the nicest, like most generous, like open person in like just day to day and then when you talk about your inner dialogue it's like so like judgy and like oh i'm a a, a mean asshole i'm actually you're not though at all like you're the opposite of a mean asshole but and and the thing is is like the thing i know about patrick is that he is hyper like meta judgmental about his judgment oh yeah but his actions are wonderful and he doesn't ever right. judge himself on his actions he judges himself on the thoughts the only scene, that he the doesn't only, act on and i've only the only I'm time an evil I've genius. Seen it, yeah the only time i've seen it seep out is like about your own set because you were frustrated with how it went or like you felt like something kept you from doing your it's best because i'm so calculating and manipulative that i know how damaging <laughs> it would be to talk shit about your set <laughs> No, no, <laughs> not that I would talk shit about your set, but anybody else's set. Like, I don't want to be the guy his ass right now. But, no, have you ever been out in front of the bar and you overhear somebody saying, dude, I can't believe that guy thinks he's blah, 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 blah. It's like, whoa, like that's to me is one of those like golden rules. You just don't I don't outwardly talk, talk, I don't talk smack about other comics yeah, unless, you know, unless, unless I actually there's one comic unless they really deserve person, it person. And I'm not going to say their name because. It's, you know, George they, Fernandez, not George Fernandez. <laughs> um, this one comment that comes out and he's just like a frat douche and like is not is so not funny and and just never doesn't put any you can tell he doesn't put any effort into it. And he just somehow he just wants to be up on stage and just talk. You see him often. Um, I used to see him a little bit more, but I when I host like I can't help it. I give him so much shit and I actually feel bad about it. Because I just rail on this guy like, like really <laughs> harshly, and everybody is laughing their asses off at this guy's expense. And I'm like, I'm such a dick, but I can't help it because I'm just so offended by who he is. Like in this, and I have no right, I have no fucking right. But it's just like 
He just comes in. Does he get laughs though? No. Okay. No. Oh my god. He Dude, that's really he gets vicious. <laughs> five minutes of silence. Um, I'm in my head trying to figure out who it is. I got to let this moment pass. Okay. And uh, I was just like, um, <laughs> if any of you are taking a vow of science, you're gonna love this next comic. What's a, that's a vow that's of science. Vow of silence. I, I, I prefer a vow of science. Yeah. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. like, by science's name. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I, but, you know, I'll introduce him like that, which is so not cool, but, but got a huge laugh. Uh-huh. Huge. Like, yeah. that kind of shit gets me bigger, m- like, more intense laughs than yeah, anything you, I could ever do. Yeah, well, but here's you, what you, you have the ability to rip into people and no one gets upset with you about it yeah uh it is like no one turns and goes huh that guy is a real asshole they don't they're just like how did you hear the mean thing he said like you that's a thing i think you should capitalize on it instead of like feeling bad about it you do it you do it well and comedians enjoy it i I have seen you freak out audience members (laughs) i have seen seen audience members be like what is going on here oh like when i'm a specifically addressing them no just in ge- like if if the vi- if it if, if it feels like a full-on roast right well or- that's the other problem too is like i i kind of realized early on with the with the hosting that that for an open mic like comics love the cynical they love the um the pessimistic and they love that kind of like i guess you know i, I people have generalized it in terms of calling it roasting but it's just basically being like I suck, you suck, this mm-hmm. sucks. None you know, of us are going to make it. But yeah, none of us are going to make it. Um, and, and and it's just because uh, I think a lot of us are really afraid of that reality. Like the the reality is most of us, if not all of us, are not going to make it. We're going to fail. We're going to try and try and try and it's not going to happen. Everybody That's the reality. hurts. No, because everybody, when, you, when you're in a room of, of comics, you're like, how many of you guys think are gonna, you're going to make it? Raise your hand. And they all raise their hands. And it's like, that is impossible. All of you are not going to make it. It's just statistically, it's not going to happen, you know. And and um, and but but we and we all know I that. I don't want to do of, this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah. we all know that inside, but like we're so afraid of it, and so it's like if you point that out, everybody laughs because it's just a release of like I know, but like <laughs> yeah, we're you know, all like, fucked. <laughs> we are all fucked. This is just crazy. Well, well, right, yeah, it's the release of pain that is one of the right. You know, primary benefits, but of that doesn't work with like a regular audience, right? Because they're not going to relate to. They're it. They're like, I don't understand what this is. Yeah, they don't um, live this life. They're like, I have a very nice job, and I'm very happy with what well, I do. But My also, wife is I very think it means is that you are going to be one of the best open mic comedians. <laughs> like you're really yeah. building an act, which that is really so this. useful. Yeah. honestly. but you know what I want to say though about taking that stand, taking that approach in front of audience members. Even if it's a show slash mic where it's an open mic, but there's a ton of audience members in there. If you uh, are negative toward another comedian, it's it can be confusing for audience members. They're like, wait, why is that guy being mean to that person? Like subconsciously. I don't think anybody's like like actually having that thought. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, that um, like uh, like. Audience members sometimes just want to be told what wh- where they are and what they're doing. Like, right. this, like to the point. Like last night, I don't think that c- crew of people in the corner of the room. I don't think they knew that this was an amateur open mic that they came to. The first one or <laughs> like, the second one? The first one, as opposed uh, to like, a professional. Do, do you remember where the the, yeah. the one guy just at one point there was one audience member that just started sighing audibly, like consistently, like 
Oh my god! I know, this didn't is you, so painful. You, it's basically, what you he called was saying. them out. Actually, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I think they thought they were at a comedy club. Mm. And uh, after four or five new new comics, it got like taxing on them. And if I were hosting, I probably would have been like, "Hey, like, just so you know, you're at an open mic. We've got great comics. We've got some new folks. You know, I would have made it very like clear that like." This is an adventure we're yeah, all on together. Patrick would just be like, hey, guys, we're all having a fun time. And then he would have gone out into the audience and just held like, held each and every audience member until Look they felt deep. good. I would, have, eyes. I would have gotten ice cream cones. He'd be like, it's going to be okay. And I love you. I, wanna, I want you hey, to know. And I, I don't know you, I, but I love you. I love you. This is a thing that I say because I'm deeply manipulative. <laughs> and um, right, I want you to know I feel guilty about it, so that makes it okay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You've got my number. I've overshared. I've overshared with you. That's what's happened. Um, I want to talk about like why uh, about uh, something that's really frustrating me with right right now is I have a bit. I have a few of these like this, but I have a bit. One bit in particular. It's the Aztec bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, it either destroys and people love it, and they. Rec- I've had people request it, or it's nothing, and they stare at me. Like they stare at me like a like a cat that's just been offered the keys to a car. Like just like it, it, it it's, I, I do not understand. I think it. I have the answer. What I think we've all seen Chris Rock specials, right? Where he sets up a premise and then repeats the premise about forty times, yeah. and then punch gives each time a, a punchline. Mm-hmm. Your Aztec bit is is hilarious, and I can't wait to see when someone animates it over audio of you performing it uh but if you miss what the hell you're talking about in the first topic sentence if yeah. you miss that like isn't it crazy that aztecs used to do this thing mm-hmm. like this is absurd like could you imagine if it happened today if i don't hear that part and i just start listening when you start impersonating the aztecs i'm like what the fuck is this about what is this person talking about I- so i bet you think it's just because the premise just doesn't get absorbed? It like it's too like there's a chance that people are missing the beginning, and if you miss the beginning, the middle and end don't make sense. Okay, maybe that's just. I, a, I don't know. I mean, um, uh, to be clear, the basis of the bit is just that Aztecs rip out the hearts of people, and I think that's a really crazy practice, and I don't understand how it became normal for centuries for a, well, a right. group of human beings. And we know that, right? But like with a new audience, yeah. Like, but it's like sometimes they're so. I had like last night I did a set um, for uh, uh, at a fr- at a friend's show at Stairs, and uh, and and I had them the first three bits I did. It was like, oh, I have it again. I'm back. Yay. And then I'm like, I'm going to close this out with the Aztec bit. And they just fucking blinked at me all the way through until I finally just went, none of you were on. Oh, my God. You're such a dick. (laughs) Patrick, could you just hold Jeff right now, please? Are you playing R.E.M.? Is it R.E.M. Everybody Hurts Again? I'm Chain Melody. Just hold him him in your arms. (laughs) And... (laughs) Let him know that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay, Jeff. There, there, Jeff. Come here. Come here. Nestle your little nose in my shoulder. Uh, I have an idea. I have an idea. What's your idea? I saw I saw Alingon Mitra do this thing on a show. Uh, he, he sets up a complicated idea. I, I can't quote it specifically, so this probably won't be helpful. But he's like, like it, it'd basically be like saying, 
So the Aztecs used to rip out people's hearts as a part of religious ceremony, and it became practice for centuries. If you didn't hear me say that right now, basically, and then say a joke version of that same thing, basically the Aztecs would perform uh, improvised surgery as religious ceremony or right. something like or that. So, so basically you say it once. temple of doom or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you say it once and then you say it again that makes the same exact factual point in a, joke. in a funny way. Oh. And then maybe there's a third way of saying it. So like you're saying it, you're making the point that this insane thing happened. Right, right. That's a good, uh, that's right. good suggestion. Actually, that's really fantastic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try that because <laughs> it is really frustrating. It is such a – that bit – Oh! <laughs> I have another idea too, Jeff, and this is about performance. I don't, I don't know what song is playing right now. <laughs> Here's the other thing: Do you do this when you're performing? Tell me, tell me if you do this when you're performing, Jeff. How does it surprise me? <laughs> When you're performing, are you looking the mem- audience members in the face? Like, are you looking at people in their eyes? Yeah. And can you, if you, because that's a that bit is long and yeah. it's complicated. So as you're performing, if you're checking in and yeah. registering people's yeah. facial expressions, you can say to somebody specifically, "Do you, you understand where I'm going with this, right, or whatever?" Is there still music? No, no. he's just I just looking at him to see. <laughs> Uh, never have I wanted headphones more. I know. Next time. I have, <laughs> There's something great, though, about you not being in on the joke every single time. <laughs> I mean, it's actually, I'm very, I'm slow on the uptake with jokes in general, so it feels natural. <laughs> uh, do, I mean, do you guys have any bits that are that are, that are that 50-50, that are either, um, that are either, um, like, they either just destroy or it's crickets? Yeah, for sure. I'm like, that's the thing is like, um, most of my, most of my jokes, like the longer one pieces that I have are like that. Mm. Um, like I have a, the, my break a leg thing, uh, that, that, that's a nice build and it usually gets people on board, but when it doesn't, it really doesn't. And, uh, the yeah. same, the same thing. Oh, and at the beginning of the bit, when you see they're not on board, that, that sinking thing. Oh no. <laughs> right. There are, there's four more minutes of this. Right. And you're like, if they're not on board now for this part, then I don't know. <laughs> I, bailed. I bailed. I bailed. I bailed. I bailed the other night. I was doing the thing. I have this thing about like eavesdropping on these three ditzy girls at the cafe. And uh, I'm, I got like two beats yeah. into yep. the story. And, you know. and I just looked around and everybody was like kind of spaced out. That was that show that I didn't get on until like three hours into it. And I was like, I can tell none of us care about this right now. Yeah. And just being honest about that, got a big laugh. Right. I've done the other thing, though, too, where I'll look around and go, none of you are on board. Get the fuck on board. This is fantastic, and you are missing out. And then I've had people be like, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. And and I've also tried to do that and failed. Right. (laughs) Or you do that, and it works for like 10 seconds, and then, you know. Um, or the, or the, or the other thing is that this is the worst is just, you, you only get a laugh at the very end oh. when you just say something like you guys have been an audience, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, okay. <laughs> by, by the way, I, I just want to relay this, see what your reaction to it. Last night I was talking to a couple of civilians, a couple girls, a couple normals, non-comics about my frustration with this week. Cause I've had a very rough week as well until last night. And, um, and, and 
the one one girl turns to you, well, you know what, Jeff? I mean, you should really, why don't you take a class? Ooh. Ooh. And I just sat there and I'm seething because she doesn't understand that I'm not at that level anymore. And there's a point at which after I'm trying to explain to her, like, taking a class, uh, get your fucking finger off of the, get it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that smirk is the best part of you playing music is the smirk of <laughs> what's the song now? Is it Billy Joel? No. Oh, what is it? Chicago. <laughs> okay, so, so, can I? Did this person, did this person say you should take a class after she watched your set? No, she never seen me. So okay. she's like, and, and, and I'm like, well, look, I get what you're saying, but. I'm trying to explain, like, that after a certain point, stand-up can't be taught, I don't think. Uh, like, it, you can get little tips here and there, but... I don't think it can ever be taught at any point. You can get some I, very basic... I disagree. It's, t- it's just beginning. tips. It's all tips. You can't teach somebody to be funny. You can give them, like, this is what a joke structure looks yeah, like. Yeah, that stuff. I believe, that stuff. I believe, though, in the power of group, like, group mind and, like, uh, learning, learning from others and people... Yeah. You know, receiving things passed kind of, down from other people. And that's kind of what we're doing by participating yeah. in the yeah. open mic community and trying to leap out of it. But anyway, so so then I, I'm I'm trying to explain this to her and just be like, look, like there's not much I'm going to get. Plus, like a lot of the people teaching it are like seven years in, ten years in. They're not Louis C.K. isn't teaching fucking stand up classes. Okay, yeah. So he, I'm not learning need from to. a grandmaster. Uh, 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 like there are a few that are really good, but that are teaching, but there are few and far between. And it's you're not going to get four hundred dollars worth out of it for sure, and 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 she's like, I think you're just being prideful, and I'm like, ah, like maybe no, no, but, unsolicited think, advice uh, from people who don't perform in who have never stepped on a stage on any art form is like so frustrating. Yeah, like well, but they're form. also comparing it to 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 acting. And I'm like, this is – I've done acting quite right. a bit of it. It's different, man. It's well, that's really I think that's different. because of improv, honestly. Yeah. Because – and I actually was reading an article about this. Like a lot of times now people are starting to supplement like real acting training for like improv now, which is not actually a good thing to do. Um, I, I want to shout out improv though after you make oh, your I think, point. I love improv. Um, I, I started off doing improv. I wouldn't be doing stand-up if it wasn't for improv. Like that's how I got started doing it. But there's a difference with that because, like, taking a class in improv, you are actively doing improv. Like, the practice of doing improv is doing improv. Yeah. And, 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 and it's just the repetitions and all that stuff, whether you're doing it in front of an audience or not, gets you stronger. And to have somebody there that can give you constant feedback on what you're doing is great. And I just don't think it works the same way for, for stand-up. Or if it did, it's just, the, the problem is, is you're one person up there. If you're doing it in a group, you can have, like, a, like a teacher or coach, and they can sit there and they could talk about the group collectively. I want to be able to play music, too. Oh, I now. know. <laughs> it's killing we'll me. We'll trade off. We'll trade off next time. <laughs> So, I, I, what's your fucking point? <laughs> uh, here's why improv helped me last night. Uh, is the song still playing? Uh, put on, put on Eye of the Tiger for this. No, like, so I, this feels weird to talk about my set about GK again, but, uh, at a certain point, I was like, okay, I had fun riffing about GK. I'm going to go into real material. And that's when I started talking about the sobriety stuff. 
And that's when I was like, no, that's wrong. That's not what the audience wants to hear right now. I need to return to the game of the scene and go back to making fun Your of Your sobriety GK. stuff is great, though. I no. mean, it's really... Well, thank you. And you did that on the first half, and you didn't believe in what you were doing, but I was funny. I People were laughing. I think you're crazy. Thanks, buddy. Crazy. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think I understood the difference between improv teaching and acting teaching. What, like what's <clears> – Well, I mean I can't speak to I, – I think – well, no. I think like uh, doing doing improv versus like real acting it, – it, it, well, all right. They're both technically acting, but but like, like tr- classical acting training, you know, you're doing – uh, you're doing lines. You have a script. You know, like you, you're taking something that it's it's actually in some ways closer to stand up in the sense that you have a script mm-hmm. and you are taking something that you're memorizing it and then basically delivering it in a way as if you're saying it for the like you're coming up with it. You're saying it for the first time. That's a very specific skill that I think is difficult to master and takes a lot of practice. With improv, that is a different skill. That's more like I think the focus on that is more thinking um, off the cuff is not not necessarily – improv is very much like it's not about like what the what you're going to get from the audience. Like if you're mm-hmm. playing improv for laughs, you're probably not going to be playing great improv. But if you're playing it for like really listening to the person that you're playing with mm-hmm. and being in tune with what they're doing and responding to it and like just being just being really present – um, that's that's what improv's about, and, and the it's just laughs a different, sort of take care of themselves. The laughs right? take care of themselves yeah. because people uh, respond to the honesty and the and just the, the presentness the that you have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's that's what works for nobody for likes a jokester in improv. Um, right, because it just comes off as hackney. It's just yeah. very transparent. Yeah. Everybody's instantly like, you're making a joke. Like, if you're having a great improv scene and then you throw in a joke, even if it's a good joke, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, like because it's just. You take them out of it. You just completely take them out of the the uh, whatever you whatever you've created. The base reality. The base reality. So um, for that, like I think you know, improv acting classes can be really helpful. It's the repetition. Uh, it's they're totally different like skills right. that you're working on. Right. I mean, there's a cro- there's definitely a crossover there, but but um, with with stand up, you know, you can say this is how joke is structured. This is how you do this. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like a single person up there. And, and and that's the tough thing with mics, with class, with anything. Like you're trying to work on your five minutes in order that you have to sit through everybody else's five minutes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hours of like just sitting and watching other people try and fail and just so you can do the same thing for yourself. Whereas with an improv class, you could do like f- three hours of like improv. Right. And, and like really be doing it the entire and, yeah, time. Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. No, that's uh, – yeah. So moving from – uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, how are we on time? I think we've got. We got to wrap it. We got about like maybe like five more minutes. So right. You know. Right. Um. One loose end I'd like to tie up is that I am. I do identify as submissive. <laughs> <laughs> it's become a. It's becoming a recurring conversation in my relationship. We both. We both. Probably ideas that. What music is on now? Eye of the Tiger. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Eye of the Tiger would be the theme music of my my ideal partner, as they just beat, beat they me down, stomp on your balls, stomp on the balls. Yeah, uh, guys, I think are you going to do a quote? Or are you going to close us out with a quote today? And we can wait. wait I, we I, I want to. We've got we a few talk about, let's, Okay, he wants to talk about this. Let's talk about. Let's it. Talk I, just, about I, I love I love conversations about this kind of stuff. Um, so so you're finding that. Um, uh, 
uh, the the only way you can come is if you're totally degraded and uh, no 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 no. There's many <laughs> other ways. There's many other paths to the mountaintop. Uh, no, it's That's just it came out it. it came out on stage last night and yeah, uh, yeah it's just uh, yeah. Dude, the stomping on the ball shit was so funny and yeah, people were <laughs> loving that. That girl was really beautiful though. She was really beautiful. But oh, so actually about that girl, mm-hmm. I don't think I would not classify what she was doing as heckling. I would classify it as oh, like. A running dialogue that she thought would be okay to say out loud. If somebody is up on stage and they're and you doing verbally. jokes and you speak and you're an audience and you haven't been asked to speak or you haven't been spoken to, you are heckling. Period. That's heckling. Period. Okay. Because okay. because there's different levels. I honestly believe. I honestly types. believe you she know, felt it would be. It was appropriate. If like, you're watching a play and people are talking to the people on stage, that's never appropriate. Yeah, this, is that, this is stand up. This is stand up. I know that, but there, it's different because there is a there is no the fourth wall doesn't really exist with stand up. Yeah, you're it's in the a, same. It is a conversation where your job is to laugh, and but but a lot of people don't understand that, um, or they don't care. Or she too was drunk stomping on people's uh, punchlines, though. I mean, I, right. I think uh, right, and it, and one, and one that of the comments comes, was going up there. And she was, this. Yeah. I understand, and I have, have a little bit of sympathy for them because I understand it because what they're saying is I want to be on stage. Yeah. Um, and and they're and and I have a little bit of compassion for the lack of balls that they that they <laughs> you know like we've all been there yeah and and so I I get that kind but there's another kind that is purely mean that is just fuck you yeah. uh, fuck you fuck this um, and, and it's not a desire for attention it's not a desire to be on stage it's I'm gonna show I'm just gonna be a dick because I can I'm gonna fuck it up for everybody yeah because I can it's and, malicious yeah it's yeah. like pissing on somebody it's like pissing on a painting it's the same mm. kind of thing that kind of heckling because yeah, my zero. comedy is like high art it's like paintings. <laughs> but, I, but I do know I, I will say this like too. pissing on a finger painting there <laughs> are some people that that heckle and everyone in the room's like I fucking hate that person yeah right. and, and she, I don't think she was I don't think anybody felt that way about yeah her. like and i don't think it would have been as bad if if it were a, an actual black room where that is the vibe See, that's people are thing. kind of that's like uh-huh thing. uh-uh blah 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 yeah. oh no he didn't yeah all that stuff and that's right. what she was doing except she was alone and, the, <laughs> so. and, and also go in the uk it's different mm. like i've had friends from the uk come and I, I have to tell them before we go into the cellar look you can't be part of the show you're used to being part of the show challenging them and being like what do you have for me that's not a good one Give me a better, give me something better. And they'll, and so like, and then I, I actually brought, and it actually, it worked out. She totally ignored what I said. And she ended up getting back in this huge back and forth with Dave Attell. Interesting. And Dave Attell slammed her so hard that eventually he bought her shots and stuff like that, which didn't help the situation. But like, like she, she got to the point where they came over and they were like, See, even Yo, David, say anything even more. Even David Attell feels bad about slamming somebody that he had every right to. Right. Right. Yeah. But but he's that, he was a pro move because he knew he pushed it so far that he needed to take the edge off a little yeah. bit. Um but I guess like uh I just think that there's different levels and different types of heckling and there's certain types that like I have zero patience for and I just want to go after them with everything I have. Yeah. Um and that's that malicious piece of shit kind of thing. Yeah. But like when it's just you need attention it's like I actually get that and I can relate with you on a, for for a second. I'm going to acknowledge and then and it, yo you need attention I totally get it. Here's some attention now shut the fuck up. Yeah. Um well, also, that's, it can make for a great set, actually. Yeah, it the can. unexpected. Yeah, that that, that kind of ties into one of my pet peeves of like poor hosting. Like sometimes all it takes is for a host to say at the beginning of the show, like, right. "Hey, we've got great comics right. who prepared some awesome stuff for you guys tonight." So when I'm on stage, sure, if you got something to say, go for it, whatever. But 
do me a favor when other comics are on stage. If you could like keep your comments to yourself, that would be oh, great. Oh, yeah, I do, I do that too. You know? Also, uh, there's another piece to this. Um, I heckle the comics before they come on stage. Like, this next guy might have some jokes. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> I, I wish I could get away with that shit. There's another element to this, which is like um, w- when people are listening to comedy, one of the things that they're doing is they're allowing you to determine what they think about. And that is an intimate thing. Mm. I, I, I think that there's a certain um, thing that you can you can get into a point where you're like, well, yo, I'm telling jokes, just listen to my jokes and then laugh. But there's more going on with that. They're allowing you to take them into places they don't think about a lot of the time. And the the agreement is that you're going to make them laugh when they go there. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, or or sometimes it's just too far, you haven't warmed them up enough to the point where you can get them there. Their defenses aren't down. They're not in a good enough mood to think about your ancient Viking rape joke or yeah. whatever the fuck it is. It's almost the same emotion of like, I paid fourteen fifty to watch this movie. Right. Like, when's this movie going to get good? Right. <laughs> and so I understand and I have a little bit of... I can yell at the movie and tell it to be better. It's different <laughs> because they're like, you've, in a way, if you don't deliver and you take them down this path and they've agreed to let you control their thoughts for a little while and you don't give the other side of that you've broken the agreement in a way and so that's why they get pissed yeah. you know i don't think they could verbalize it like that a lot of the time but that's why they get they're like what the fuck is this man like so that's i think that's what happened with that crew in the corner like I, they because they when they came in they were in such high spirits they ordered plates of food they had a ton of drinks their their friend was going to do stand up for the I first time. I just called the girl a stripper. <laughs> yeah, you you really alienated them. No, uh, no, she enjoyed that actually. Uh, and I think by the third like new comic, they were yeah. just like, oh, oh, what I know, are I can feel here? it because there was a lot. Of, there was a couple of comics in the beginning. They were a little rough. Mm-hmm. Guys, I, I think we need to we get we need to get to the quote. It's time. Oh, okay. Well, you... <laughs> uh, I have one. Uh, what did I want to say? Um, I think I wanted to pitch. Oh, something about something that you made me think about with uh, how like people, it's it sucks for them. What are you playing? Is there music on? There's music on and that I'm unaware of. I think it's possible the same way it's possible to lose the trust of the audience member uh, with a with a bad set and they they turn on you because they haven't gotten the the their part of the agreement. Uh, I think that's true for comedy at large. I think there is such a thing as like people saying, hey, come out to my bar show. You're going to have fun. It's going to be great. And then they go and it's like a pile of dog shit. Mm -hmm. I think it makes people think all comedy at this level is bad. And I think it turns into, what are you playing? What is the music? It's raining men. (laughs) That's very funny. That's very funny. It maybe makes what I have to say entertaining. But do you know what I'm saying? Do you think it's possible that people are putting on such bad shows it gives all comedy shows a bad reputation? I mean, sure. If all you have is – if you've been to five comedy shows in your life and three of them were a horrible bar show that you did to support your friend. Yeah. Yeah. I mean – Like I resent that. Yeah. I resent that people don't put in more effort. They, that's that's very rampant. Oh, just show up. I guess it'll be fine. Okay. So uh, the quote. Um, so this, this quote r- relates to um, – I don't know other people's opinions about what you do when you're uh, an artist or whatever. Don't listen to the white noise. I know what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. I make these decisions right or wrong. And I learn from that right or wrong. It's the love of my craft. The privilege I feel about being able to do something I've always wanted to do is what it's all about. And everything else is like 
I'll do this, and I understand why I have to do it, and that's enough. Who said that? I don't want to tell you. Okay, and um, when does it go from being like a quote to being like a small essay? Like what's um like what's if I'd said how many one more sentences? Sentence, how many was, sentences are in there? A five a five sentence uh, one paragraph essay. Yeah, I think that's a terrible quote because it's way too long. And yeah, like that's nobody, not, I can't quote that. Nobody has any time for that. You know, nobody has time to listen <laughs> to listen to to listen all that white noise you were just saying. I think it was David Byrne. Was that David Byrne? Um. <laughs> All right. No, it was actually Tom Cruise. <laughs> He's actually great in interviews, by the way. Uh, all right. I, uh, I, wanna... I like Tom Cruise in, in acting and in bed. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I mean, wow. It was good what you did there because like the last thing you said made it really funny. <laughs> what's your next? What's your next? Next? Next try. All right. Um, keep away from people who. Try to belittle your ambitions. Some people always do that, but the truly great make you feel make you feel that you too can become great. Yeah, this sounds like a lot of self absorbed people that that we're getting quotes from today. Mark Twain. Yeah, I yeah. like that, that guy. One. I like that one. You're a very cynical person. <laughs> yeah. That's my uh, function here. What is this like daily calendar you're getting these from? Oh, these are from all over the place. It's not just a daily calendar. It's just my, oh, yeah. da- my database. What is your email quotes. client there? Is that email? No, this is Evernote. Oh, yeah, you're an Evernote Everything nerd. from Tom Cruise to Mark Twain. Yep. Yep. <laughs> what what do you the... tag those quotes with? What are the tags? Motivational quotes? Yeah. M.quote. It's the media type is a quote. <laughs> it's, a very, uh, it's a complex. What a geek. Uh, I know, yeah. I know. It's that, it's that Evernote system. It's a secret, secret weapon. Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done, guys. It's been a pleasure. I love you both. Um, I'm Tristan Smith. I'm Patrick Holbert. I'm Jeff McBride. Thanks for listening. 